Rebecca. And I'm Krabeshni. And welcome to Building with Builders. Our podcast where we believe that building is fun. Super fun. So much fun. Build Her Collective was created to help women with building and renovating. And we believe that with the right tools, everyone can build. For us, it's all about encouraging women to take back control of the building process and really achieve their dreams. We are women in the building industry, and as developers, builders, and project managers, it's our passion to share everything we know with other women doing the same. And that's why we've created this podcast for you. So if you love all things building, you're into design, keen on the numbers, about to renovate, thinking and dreaming of that forever home and what it would look like, or even developing for profit, then you've found your family. Subscribe to our podcast and follow our journey over at buildhercollective.com.au. Hello lovely builders. We are talking today about to pull or not to pull. Now, this is a question that comes up for us a lot. I guess when we're building and developing properties, we're thinking about, okay, well, what is it that a purchaser needs or what are they going to commit to or what makes them feel like they've got the home of their dreams? And sometimes that's a pull, but not always. And how do we decide and what are some of the factors? All right, so Firstly, if you're looking to renovate for profit and you're doing it as a development, think about your pool in terms of the market, what they want, what they need and what they're looking for. It's not for everyone. But say if you're developing a high-end property in Queensland, then you will be looking to include a pool because that's market-driven, it's dictated, that's what they want. And if it doesn't have that, then it's going to not tick one of their boxes. When we are considering pools, we need to think about a number of things. We need to think about whether we're looking at in-ground pools or above grounds, whether we're looking at fiberglass, concrete, what size they are. So all of these different things have different factors related to them. We have traditionally installed in-ground concrete pools because we can fit them into our spaces and we've had kind of more finite or or smaller backyards because the houses have been bigger and we've wanted to tie them in with the house and how they fit. And knowing the house, or we've just installed a plungy pool and done that above ground because it's a concrete pool that sits above the ground. The side of the pool forms part of the fence and it takes up a small area in our garden because again, our garden is quite small, but also there are access issues and we're unable to excavate the ground there because of the angle of repose and the way we need to found in that area. All right, so what do you need to think about when you're looking at pools? What is the overall look and feel you're trying to achieve and how does it fit into the given area? How's it fitting into the overall landscape design? We have seen a pool plonked at the back of the yard and not integrated well with the house perform quite poorly overall and not feel like it's been maybe a good investment, maybe hasn't given the uplift as a pool that's been integrated with the garden and somehow incorporated. So it feels like the whole landscape and garden is an oasis rather than just a kind of blank garden with a pool plonk. So that's one consideration. A second consideration was you need to think about the fencing requirements. How are you going to incorporate the two things and how do you make it safe? Safety when we're talking pools, it is paramount. And some of the things you need to consider is non-climbable fences, non-climbable trees, if you're planting inside that landscape area. You need to think about your actual fence that's existing and how you're going to treat that to mean that 
kids can't climb over from either side and then obviously the pool fence and how that kind of pathway works. We then need to be thinking where is the equipment going to go? Where's the storage and what space do I have around the pool and how is that going to flow? So for us, we normally spend a little bit extra and have the pool equipment hidden away from the pool, maybe beside the house, but say if you were using one of the like plunging pools that we used, which is above ground, you might be looking to put the pool equipment underneath the deck area if that's kind of raised as well. So one of the other pool people we've used for the in-ground pools is alpine pools, and they've been really great to work with. And, and we always work with them in terms of location as well, and they will install the equipment off. Considerations are also what type of equipment do you want to put here? So we're in Melbourne, so we'll go with a gas boosted if we're on a gas site, gas boosted solar. So what that means is the solar will heat the pool as long as we've got the filtration system and pumping on. And it's going to do most of the heavy lifting and it, it checks the difference between the water temperature in the pool and the water temperature in the roof. And when there's a great enough difference, it turns on the pump and then that water will flow across the roof. It'll heat up with the sunlight and then we, it'll come down and circulate through the pool and more water will come out and go through that system. Because it's solar, you know, we're using the sun to heat, it's way more efficient way of heating our pool and we would definitely recommend installing that not relying on solely gas or a type of renewable system like that but what we really want to think about there as well is you know the energy requirements that are to do that so a gas boost might be okay on a small pool and you might be able to use it more like a spa which was what i've got the smallest one you might be able to use it sparingly and kind of heat the pool quickly when you need it, whereas the solar will take a while, but you also need a sunny day for that to work. All right, so we've done the location of the pool, we've done the equipment to the pool, we've done the specifications to that equipment, the pool fencing. We want to look at the materials around. So how are you treating that pool? Are you tiling it? Are you paving around the coping of the edges? We want to make sure that that's non-slip. We want to make sure that that's compliant as well. You know, my raised pool is going to have tiles that match the inside around the face of it with the stairs coming up and a terrazzo coping. Often I'll try and incorporate a deck and a pool. We probably should think about that originally or when we start building because we really want to tie the landscaping in with the pool and make sure that connection works because you can get into trouble if one of them moves and the other one doesn't. So have a think about that beforehand, make sure it's all engineered correctly. And that is a little 101 about pools, things to think about and things not to think about. So pros of say your preformed pools might be they come in set forms, you can get them really quickly. If you wanted a pool in a month, you could probably get it dropped in and all incorporated in the building permit very easy because it's all systemized and if you want a more bespoke pool you can change the size and the angle it's going to be a little bit more expensive but you can choose whatever you want fiberglass probably sits somewhere between so you've got the set sizes but it's a nice cost effective system to dig and to put in the ground let us know what you think. Do you want a pool in your house or not? The jury is always out on this. It's a question we get asked all the time. We always look at it at a case-by-case -case basis. So let us know, pool or no pool? What do you think? <laughs>